there are places that we know that everyone knows about. For example, you know, you say Assiniboine Park, this is a, a place, or this is, we, everyone have their own memories with famous places that everyone knows, but there are spaces that can become very personal that some people might not relate to or value the memories that, uh, or not value the space because they don't have relevant memories with it. Welcome back to Two Fries Podcast, where we document the rise and stardom of Winnipeg's talent and personalities. I know we're usually Winnipeg, but today we've got a guest from all the way in Dubai. And I'll let Arshdi do the intro to that. But before he does that, make sure to follow us on Instagram and all these social media platforms. Subscribe on our streaming platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, anywhere you listen to us. New episodes every Tuesday. Take it away, Arshdi. Like Robin said, we have a special guest for you today. He's joining all the way from Dubai. He's an artist. He's also an architecture student and has traveled the world with places such as Barcelona, Berlin, and much more. Please welcome the very awesome Shahir Mansoor. Hey, thank you guys for having me on. It's a pleasure yeah. meeting you all. It's a pleasure talking to all the Winnipeggers. Sure. <laughs> thank you for making the time. I know it's very late in Dubai right now, right? So thank you for making the time. Right. <laughs> of course, of course. Nice to be with you guys, and I'm so excited to share my story with all of you. Mm-hmm. Well, let's, let's jump right into the conversation. I know we mentioned you're from Dubai. So what's the, uh, Dubai is a very nice architecture wise, as well as artistics wise. So what's the lifestyle like in Dubai? Well, yeah, um, of course. So yeah, you mentioned I'm right now in Dubai. I'm originally Egyptian. Uh, I was born, lived most of my life in Egypt. Uh, starting just moving back and forth uh, to Dubai just as visits and like, um, you know, partially would spend my summers there. But again, uh, when you hear Dubai, you can imagine architecture, high rises, you know, all of those like glamorous things like you would you would think of. Uh, but I think, yeah, Dubai was a major kickoff of my interest in architecture. And uh, that's mainly what inspired me to just to look at all of these like crazy structures. Dubai started in 1995 and now you see it, it's 2020 and you know where you see where it's at. And that's something that would blow everyone's mind and would definitely inspire everyone. And I think that was a huge part for me when I look at Dubai. Architecture is one of the things that's right off the bat just stand out to me and inspires me uh, since I was a kid. So, And that was a major uh, part that kicked off my uh, architecture interest and and career yeah mm-hmm. so so do you have family in dubai or what are you what are you exactly doing in dubai right now i'm sure you have a place there as well right <laughs> yeah so uh, my family mainly lives in dubai uh we've moved to uh, when we've moved from um dubai i lived here for a, a couple of years and then we moved to winnipeg uh moved from plus 40 to minus 40 we're like i don't know we're moving back <laughs> so we spent spent four years in 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 winnipeg uh, my family slowly started moving back and then COVID hits and I was like, it's time to be with the family. So I'm here just for a short visit for a few months. Uh, then I would be back to Winnipeg. But right now, most of my family is currently in uh, Dubai. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. So I know, I know Dubai is an awesome place and you've met famous people such as Mo Vlogs. He's uh, very well known in Dubai. <laughs> what was that? What was that? Yes, like? yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. I, I actually, we, um, 
it was a funny story. I was with my brother uh, and we were just driving down the road. I passed down this uh, car dealership. It's known to have all of these like super cars and stuff. And I always watch more vlogs than, like on YouTube and whatnot. And I know he, he has like a very special car. He has like a unique color and I know his plate number. We drove by and I noticed like this car is like, hold on, like I think more vlogs might be in there. So I was like, we just pulled over. We we walked into the showroom. I wasn't wrong. Like Movlog was in there with another friend of his mind that's always was like on these vlogs. Just walked in, watched some of the cars, introduced myself, took a picture. That was like four years ago, maybe when I was like, uh, you know, like a YouTube like freak and watch all of these vlogs. But uh, right, yeah, right now, uh, barely watch any of his videos. I hope he's not watching this. <laughs> but, but yeah, uh, it, it was it was a very interesting uh, meetup for sure. But the reason why we're talking about Dubai so much is because we live in Winnipeg. And if you've lived in Winnipeg as well, there's not a lot of crazy thing that goes on in Winnipeg, you know? So that's why, like, when me and Archie found out, when you text me, you're saying you're in Dubai right now. I'm like, yo, like, what is it like living in Dubai? Like, I look outside the window, I've got trees, you know, regular cars. But looking from your Instagram stories, there's like crazy cars, crazy buildings. So what's, and, and you know, both lifestyles, you know, the Winnipeg lifestyle and the Dubai yeah. lifestyle. So what's the difference like, and which ones you like better? Right. So I think, I think for me also, that was something that was very exciting when mm -hmm. I moved to Dubai, like take pictures, you know, of cars, like yeah. every other car is like, you know, like a crazy car, like a Lambo. Like now you see like, it's 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 like the regular like life. Not, I wouldn't say like the regular, but it's very common to mm -hmm. see that. And it's very unusual. So I was crazy about that in the beginning, but then like you get used to it, you see it, a lot of them. And then you think you were, you think like this is normal, but like, hold on, like this is not normal and this is not supposed to be normal, <laughs> right? Uh, so you get used to that. This is like very interesting to watch. Uh, the cars is like one big part. Uh, and again, like this, you know, all of the, uh, as I mentioned, like the architecture, there's always development. There's always like crazy things are like growing. Um, and then you get used to that. But then you feel like you're like, okay, I want to pause. This is like too overwhelming. It's hard to be this. It's hard to get like used to this, even if you're not part of this life, like this should not be digested as the normal. And that's something I was always discuss with, with, with my friends. I really appreciate Winnipeg. When I, when, whenever I go back and forth, I'm in Dubai and I'm like, okay, Winnipeg is actually really, really uh, interesting city. It has a lot of things going on. It's small, it's compact. People are more of a community, but life here is very rushed, very uh, fast paced. Um, and with this lifestyle, you can imagine how people are living their lives on a daily basis. Uh, so in, in some parts, yes, it's, it's fun and it's exciting. But on the other hand, uh, it's not the, the healthiest lifestyle if this is all what you're thinking about 24-7, uh, the cars, the, the, this kind of lifestyle. But, um, and and as, as I said, like, I miss, I miss that you know, the, the kind of the, the quietness of Winnipeg. I miss the trees. You don't see, you said, you look outside, you see trees. You don't see trees here. All we see is like con a concrete jungle and a desert <laughs> and some sandstorms here and there. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you don't you don't find like as much as greenery and like nature in, in, in Dubai as much as you could see in Canada. Let's say in, in Manitoba, Manitoba has this like beautiful, you know, lakes and mm -hmm. like Canada in general. 
so that's something I really appreciate about uh, Manitoba and Canada versus when you're asking how is that compared to, to Dubai. Damn, okay. So, so transitioning a little over from your lifestyle in Dubai into how you got involved with architecture, right? So why specifically study Manitoba? Um, well, do your undergrad in Manitoba, right? Like coming from even places like Egypt, which have tremendous, tremendous amount of architecture, beautiful architecture. You come to Manitoba and all realistically, all you see is the Human Rights Museum. So what, 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 what really inspired that journey for you and why, why was Winnipeg a place for you to call home and study here? For me, it wasn't uh, when I chose to study architecture, I, it wasn't really a choice uh, where, where I actually, what university that I wanted to go to exactly. It was more of like uh, just the, the how we as a family moved and then we ended up in Manitoba. So I spent uh, the last two years of my high school in, in Winnipeg. Mm -hmm. So by that time, I wasn't really deciding where I want to go for school or anything. Uh, so we landed in, in Winnipeg. That was 2014. I graduated, finished high school 2016. And then I decided I want to do architecture. Realistically, at this point, it didn't make sense for me to move anywhere else uh, to study architecture, especially for undergrads. Um, you know, did some research and I was like, okay, undergrads, undergrads, it's probably going to be the same everywhere. So I'm just going to do it in Winnipeg. And uh, I'll, give, I'll give credit to U of M architecture. Like, uh, I really appreciate as much as the city, yes, you said, uh, it does not have this crazy architecture. Uh, you said maybe for others who just see the Canadian Museum of Human Rights. But I think Winnipeg is very rich with historic architecture, uh, a lot of the neighborhoods, you know, like San Boniface, all of these like older neighborhoods, uh, you start to look at that and then that at the exchange district, if you start to actually like dig deep into Winnipeg and Manitoba, you'll find very rich um, and valuable architectural uh, pieces or places, uh, whether if it's um, structures for example some people would be say the canadian museum of human rights or the cathedral and on the other hand you appreciate winnipeg as public spaces like the exchange district mm -hmm. everyone loves loves that and this is i think part of the architecture of winnipeg so for me uh i don't see, i i see my 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 experience in studying architecture in in winnipeg was very valuable it opened my eyes to something that i probably haven't seen in many and in, in, in bigger cities like uh, you would imagine like Toronto or like Vancouver. Uh, I think Winnipeg still has its own unique parts in architecture that mm -hmm. I found a lot of value that I've took away from my education and from living in, in Winnipeg itself. Definitely. Uh, I so I think, I think it's, it's been great for years in, in, in Winnipeg studying architecture. And but then I decided to move on into my master's and like, Time for a change in a new city. Mm -hmm. uh, I unfortunately didn't get to experience a new city. Kicked off my master's education, still in Winnipeg online through Zoom. <laughs> uh, but I, I think uh, I, I am very lucky to still spend more time in Winnipeg. Mm -hmm. For sure. What? So you said that, like, look as a child when you looked at buildings and uh, the architecture where you lived, that kind of inspired you to become 
and architecture. So when did you decide that, Hey, this was architecture is something I really want to do. Was it right when you started your undergrad or did you have like thoughts of that before as well? I definitely had thoughts of that. Um, part, big part of it was uh, moving around. Um, I didn't move around much previously. It was mainly just moving back and forth between Cairo and Dubai. Mm-hmm. And for me, there was a big, a big contrast in, in that that caught my attention. And that was mainly the city and the architecture. Sure. Um, mostly, most of Egypt... Um, you know, it's rich with like history and architecture. And that was something that always sparked my interest in architecture as, as like the historic parts, you know, all the pyramids, the, the temples. Um, it had Cairo for many, many people wouldn't think of that, but Cairo still has like this downtown, very uh, rich with high rises and stuff like that. But that wasn't really my main interest. My main interest was like the history of architecture and Egyptian architecture. Then I moved to Dubai and I was like, okay, there's actually another very interesting part about architecture that doesn't have to do with history, but has to do with innovation, technology, and how can a man build a city if, like in a few years like this, right? It's from, as I mentioned, from 95 to 2020, and then you have a whole city that's competing with, you know, like the top cities in the world and yeah. outstand and as, as an outstanding city. And that in itself blew my mind what a human can do with the impact of architecture to build a city, build an economy, build a place that just grabs people from all over the world. I was like, okay, this is very interesting. Because if you think of Dubai, a city is is mainly spaces, roads, buildings, and then you have life. So if architecture can do that, then this is very powerful for me to to think about and to to know how how can a human do that, and that's how it kicked off uh, for me, like my interest in architecture as as from the the, the side of uh, traveling and experiencing that. But another another thing that was like, okay, what other skills do I have that I can invest in my education? And for me, that was drawing. Drawing was uh not not really at the time i wasn't just drawing architecture when i had interest in architecture but since a very very young age i'd say i was since eight or ten i started drawing 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 and i knew i wanted to do something while when i get to university that has to do with art or drawing uh so that was another major part that sparked my interest in in architecture as well wow. yeah man like looking from your instagram your your drawings are fabulous like spot on like the details are are awesome so i know you mentioned like part of the reason why like winnipeg and manitoba has such amazing architecture is because of the history right because some of the buildings even from 1920 still exist on main street for example so what was that what was that education in terms of like studying at the university how was that process like in terms of like studying architecture specifically? Was it a lot of historical buildings and studying how architecture evolved over the period of time? Or was it more recent studies such as, for example, the, the country or city you're currently living in Dubai, right? Like, was but, it looking at examples like that? Uh, no, mainly, I think my, my, my education, it wasn't mainly focusing on, on definitely precedence was part of it. Um, 
I don't think Dubai popped much in my education career as so far. Maybe it started to, to become uh, in the later stages examples of like uh, construction methods or whatever. Then Dubai would pop in here and there. But as like the basics uh, or uh, you know the principle of design and architecture, um, neither Winnipeg was only was also a, uh, a major focus. But we would look at just worldwide architecture. You know, you know, you know. You look at the Greek. You look at the ancient Egyptians. You look um, at all of this, like ancient architecture, and see how that started to evolve. And that was mainly first year of architecture. You look at history and things like that. Um, my third and fourth year was actually my focus was in landscape and urbanism. So we would focus more on the city scale. We'd focus on landscape spaces, so like parks or like. Um, you know, like open spaces, public plazas, things like that. And um, in my third year, we started by, I remember all of my friends went to Europe as part of their field studies. They went to like Brussels, Paris, London for for three months. And I couldn't go since I didn't have uh, the, the visa at the time to travel. So a, part, a group of us stayed in Winnipeg to explore Winnipeg as, you know, same things they're exploring. They're seeing the Eiffel Towers. They're seeing all, you know, like all of this places in Europe. We would do the same, but we do, like we explore what effect. Mm -hmm. So we stayed and, and then uh, a big part of the study was actually like ex just going on the street, streets of Winnipeg. It was like, I think four or five of us with an instructor. And we just, we just like went all around Winnipeg um, and see and study what, what does, uh, what does it offer from like public spaces? What can we learn from Winnipeg? And like, there's a lot to actually like explore and learn. Uh, and I think in this in this stage, Winnipeg was a major focus of study. If you're asking what kind of things we were looking at, I think that that was the time where we really focused on Winnipeg. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it came. I think also in 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 other parts of my study, Winnipeg was um, a site. So we would choose. Uh, a site in Winnipeg to design a project, uh, but as to learn uh, from uh, examples and precedent, it was mostly uh, just general worldwide overview of uh, history and other examples, not just in Winnipeg, but uh, as I've mentioned, uh, everywhere else that we could learn from. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I'm sure like your view on like the world is very different from like the average person. Like when you look at a building or you look at a building monument or something, are you going through like the intricate details of what it would like be like to make that, to draw that? What's your view on the world and how do you think it's different from other people? We interrupt this episode to bring you today's sponsor, Skillshare. Skillshare is an online community with thousands of classes in design, business, tech, and more. Anyone can join the millions of members in the community to learn cutting-edge skills, network with peers, and discover new opportunities. If you'd like to support the show and are interested in Skillshare, we have a deal for you. For a limited time, click the link in our social media description to get your 14-day free trial on us. It's quick, it's easy, and you can cancel at any time. Go to our link in our description to receive your 14-day free trial on us. Now back to the episode. It's, I don't think it's much different. I, we're all we're all like humans. When we see something that sparks our attention or, or grabs our attention, we right away um, just like pause and like 
see there's something interesting about it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's the height. Sometimes it's like the size of it. Uh, for example, in Winnipeg, when you look at uh, maybe it's the shape. Uh, and I think this is all like common ground uh, for all of us that gets our attention. Like the shape, for example, like, okay, you see, uh, for example, the uh, Human Rights Museum. And it's a really odd shape that just sits uh, in the forks. It is like this rounded side and like it's overlapped and on the other side it's stone. And it's it's a really like weird circular, circular volume, but then everything around it is just like blocks, 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 blocks. Mm-hmm. So for anyone that would something like just grab your attention right away. Sure. For some people it would be like, oh, interesting. And then move on. But I think for me, it would be, okay, what, what, what kind of inspired this like shape? What informed like this decision? Why it's stone on one side and why it's glass on the other side, for example, in the, the Human Rights Museum? Mm-hmm. Um, why, why it's not the other way around, right? Why is it, is it facing something that's special on this side? That's why it's like modern and on this side it's historic. So these are the kind of questions that maybe I think a lot of design students would think of the same, it's not just me. But um, it's just, it's a question like why, how, uh, this kind of question that starts to kind of uh, digest, uh, sorry, to break down the architecture and understand why it came to be this form. Same thing with, uh, let's say, the bridge or the St. Boniface Cathedral. Like, why, why is there's only just a gate here? But if you start to ask why and how, it tells you a story of history. It's the burn down of the cathedral and this were the remaining parts that why there's a gate, what kind of the materials used starts to tell you about like the, the history of Winnipeg or, or the economy and the materials like the Tyndall stone. It was a local material and that's why it was used in, in this building. Um, you know, same, same material that's used in the, um, uh, the U of M administrative building, the Tyndall stone. It's a, such a, a local material that's very commonly used in Manitoba. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's you start to just to look, okay, it's it's an interesting form or shape or whatever. And then but when for me it's start to kind of ask why is it this material? Why is how is it constructed? Who constructed it? Same thing when you look at the Egyptian pyramids, common question from for everyone, how did they build it this high when they didn't have this type of technology yeah. back in the day? Uh, I think it's it's such an obvious question because when you hear about like how old the Egyptian pyramids are, you just right away this question pops in your head. But right now we take everything for granted because we know the technology is available. Uh, you know, everything, the humans can do possibly like everything that you can see, but it's just like pausing and knowing actually how it's done, why it's made this way from a design perspective and a construction perspective. Uh, this is the kind of things that I start to analyze when I see uh, architecture. Wow. <laughs> and, and like a normal person wouldn't really dive that yeah. deep into a detail for that, right? Like, uh, <laughs> I didn't I'm even think sure, of it. <laughs> and I'm sure like you developed that over time. Um, so like getting more into like the architecture studies, I have a lot of friends in architecture, right? Um, and I always see them staying up to like five o'clock in the morning trying to finish a, a model for a building. Uh, what, what was that like for you? Was it a lot of long nights um, with a coffee or Red Bull just burning through the midnight oil trying to get this project done? Yes, yes. I, I'm sure that's every, that's something that every design student can relate to. Uh, uh, yeah, it's it's been a lot of 
late night in studio, uh, come to school 8.30, drop my backpack in studio, pick up my backpack at 3 a.m., 5 a.m., if not 3 p.m. the next day. Uh, and it's, yes, it's uh, it's been very hectic uh, late nights, but I think there was another uh, studio culture is something that we everyone misses once COVID hits. Uh, being late at night, be working late at night in a studio, it was definitely something painful. Um, but I think when everyone is around you in studio doing the same thing as you, you're going through the same pain. Uh, it just, I think the whole like atmosphere is flipped around. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone is having fun now. It's two. It's two a.m. Everyone is uh, is is working, but at the same time, everyone is encouraging each other, is is hyping each other. Uh, all of GPA is closed. You know, degrees is closed. Mm-hmm. We can grab food. We order food. We all order food online. The 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 skip skip the dishes person come in drop off the food and we have like a late dinner all together like at 3am that's something I think that uh, kind of kept us going this like culture and this community like uh, you know like in studio with the community and everyone lifting up each other that's something that made us forget the pain of like the the, the, the 3am uh, I'm sure the pain also was also like transferred to, to our families, people picking up from from school at 5 a.m. and 6 a.m. Shout out to my brother Shady for doing this. Coming coming and waiting at the faculty building until 4 a.m. until he picks me up. Uh, but I certainly appreciate uh, the people that are surrounded with uh, with that. Uh, but yes, it's it was definitely a very hectic uh, atmosphere, but it, it definitely paid off. And I'm sure everyone going into design will expect this happening, uh, but it it sucks that some people that started off their design, uh, you know, studies in COVID and they don't get to experience this. But I'm sure this is something that we all suffered and complained about, but we also missed a lot and appreciated a lot. Oh, definitely. Even like for ourselves, like we everybody misses yeah. it, you know. And I'm and I'm sure like those those like architecture like drawings or illustrations or whatever they are those take a very long time to create. And I want to I want to talk about like your the paintings that you've done on your Instagram because just scrolling through your Instagram it's just like talent after talent shock after shock like whoa somebody created this. So how long does one of those pictures take to actually make? Right. Um, so that's like, that's more of a hobby that uh, that's not really related to uh, my my studies or education. Okay. Of course, everyone in architecture would like develop like this, like, for example, we do drafting, hand drafting. Sure. So it's like draft technical drawings, and some of them would take days or, or weeks, depends on what you're doing, or some of these models would take a really long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you're referring to the drawings that I have seen in my Instagram, these are uh, part of a series or uh, uh, yeah, a series called Spaces and Places. Mm-hmm. And um, I started those uh, just three years ago where I started documenting architecture. Um, and then this drawing would take, uh, it really depends, but it, an average drawing would take like eight hours. Um, it just, uh, eight, 
eight hours or maybe sometimes some drawings would take over like or be like something like 20 hours like for example the, the sagrada familia the one in barcelona this church very very detailed uh drawing this took over a good like 20 to 25 hours um so yeah the a lot of a lot of detail go into these drawings it's it's all done in pen so you mess up there's no going back carry your mistakes and just move on uh so yeah they, they take a long time but i think there is i i appreciate and i value the time i put into these uh drawings since i learn the longer i stay on the drawing i guess the more i learn from the the art piece of architecture that i'm drawing mm-hmm. um to expand on that it means if i'm looking at a picture let's say i'm, I'm drawing um saint boniface cathedral right mm-hmm. The more I look at the, the more I look at the building, the more I dig into the details. And for example, if I'm drawing like this window, I'm studying this window. Like I'm spending like 30 minutes drawing this window, for example. So, okay, I actually know what does this window like look like. I know where the details are. I kind of, in a way, start to memorize. It's a method for me to memorize what is this building consists of. Mm-hmm. Same thing as any student would, you know, you're studying, you want to memorize something, you start taking notes. You memorize it because you're taking notes and you spend more time on it. Similar way in drawing. Uh, if you could imagine taking a picture of something and leaving, you would definitely not digest everything that this building has as, as much as you are drawing it for 20 hours. You've been looking at, at it for like 20 or eight hours or whatever time. So I'm digesting more and memorizing more what this building is made of and consists of. All of the ornaments, all of that starts to kind of, when I think of this building, okay, like there's flashbacks of like me drawing this and I know what I'm drawing and okay, there was like this ornament there or this like flower or thingy there. So for me, it's it's not just drawing a building, but a way for me to, start to study a building and... Um, raise questions as I'm drawing it, as I start to, you know, draw every little piece, uh, start make me to raise questions about like this building since I'm digging a lot deeper into it or uh, quick drawings as a way of communicating ideas. So it's it's a method of communication uh, in general, yeah. And, and I'm sure like in the architecture route, like details are very important, but I'm curious to see like when, compared to like when you're actually doing a project and making sure that all the details are perfect compared to when you're just drawing for fun, like your, uh, just your sketches, are you focusing more on the details or like the bigger picture? It's definitely both because the details for me is what's making the bigger picture. Mm -hmm. So, um, and I think sometimes for me, it's the details would would kind of like sit on the side uh, for some of the, the buildings that I would draw. And it would mainly be capturing, you know, like just the essence or the form of this building. Mm-hmm. Uh, so sometimes my drawings wouldn't have much details, but I would make sure the form is communicated through my sketches. It would be like just hatches, but this hatch would have like depth or like shadows and all that. And this is what's the building is about. Some buildings are about the details. So for example, if I take the, the Sagrada Familia uh, church, the one in Barcelona, as an example, 
this one was about uh, this building was about telling uh, the crucifixion story through little statues. When you put these little statues together, it forms this huge church. So how can I draw the huge church or like this this concept or this building without drawing those little statues? Uh, you know, of of like much smaller statues that make up the bigger building. So if I would have just jumped into drawing the building without focusing on the details, then I didn't really draw the Sagrada Familia because it's all about these little forms and statues that make up the building. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, for example, if you think, uh, again, just a simple example, if you take the pyramids as an example, the pyramids is, uh, is uh, just stone blocks. Yeah. I don't want to draw every stone block accurately to draw the pyramids. But for me, the pyramids, it's about, okay, material. So I want to just make sure I show the roughness of the material. And it's about the form mm-hmm. and perhaps the scale, the scale of the, the building. Mm-hmm. Uh, same thing with like the Burj Khalifa. It's, it's all like, uh, it's just glass. It's a glass wall. It's a glass uh, building. I'm not going to draw, again, every single like little detail on a glass building, but I want to make sure, okay, I communicate the verticality of the drawing, the size of Burj Khalifa, how how tall this, how what does a, the tallest building in the world would be drawn. And for me, it was very important for me when I draw this building that I show things around it that would kind of gives you a reference how big this is compared to others. So this was very important for me. So it, I think each building would tell you would tell me something different and would kind of would kind of direct me in a way to do it. Uh, versus uh, others each building is very unique and has its own ways to to, to uh, present itself so i know you talked about a little about uh what you specialize in in your later years of study such as like landscape right um so what do you think the future in terms of our society and how we design architecture and how i know for example um from a sustainable point of view uh, a lot of buildings are looking at including green spaces, right? So what do you what do you think that future looks like in terms of, let's say, for example, you're in 2050. How do you think society will be in terms of architecture? Yeah, this is a very deep question. Right now, uh, I focus on my undergrad in landscape and urbanism. And right now I'm doing my master's in architecture itself. So, uh, I mean, landscape and urbanism is also architecture, but right now I'm focusing more on buildings. But I think this gave me a perspective of like how important is landscape and outdoors and architecture. And for me, I think with the pandemic and how we see the world right now uh, or last year or even right now, people are uh, forbidden sometimes to go outside or to catch a fresh air or to have, um, you know, views to, to, to nature or uh, sunlight Sometimes it would be like, okay, yeah, during the pandemic, we all have felt that there is a need to get out of the house, the architecture, and walk outside and get some fresh air and sunlight or, you know, even like see people just walking around you like that. That felt weird at some point. Like you walk into a space and there's like 10 people. I was like, wow, that's weird, right? And I think this is, this all connects back to, to how we design spaces and how we design architecture. Um, there's definitely a need to, to, to think how architecture responds to pandemics, how it responds to how people live in a daily, 
on a daily basis uh, and how can it adapt to how can architecture adapt to a lockdown what what does what does a house look like in a lockdown are you because the way we designed is we're depending that people have access to outdoors 24 yeah. 7 the, the, the way that uh, houses are designed or buildings are designed you'd put a little window you'd put a door and then you know like yeah if the person wants to go outside they can go outside and walk in their backyard or they can walk to their neighbor or whatever mm-hmm. but i think what people were not considering at the time is what if actually the person cannot go outside at all how can we keep them healthy and provide access to to fresh air constantly how can we provide them access to to views uh, or you know like uh, greens or like all that stuff that we seek in an outdoor space that wouldn't be present in our house that we live in 24 7 in a pandemic uh, so i think that will start i think that it will start to look different in opinion the next few years or at least should be addressed what does a house look like in a pandemic does it is it all like you know like open there are no there isn't such thing as like solid walls does your ceiling is like letting is very open it lets sunlight in so you don't really feel like you you need the, the you have the need to to go outside uh what does the relationship between you and a neighbor on on a different scale what does the house look is it can you always have access to your neighbor and have a chat or is it always look locked by a fence and you know you can't see the people around you just have your own private shell um i think those are things that should probably start to be addressed uh, in terms of a social level, a health perspective, and the community perspective, uh, how how can the architecture starts to address all of those things for people to to be satisfied for, you know, to to be locked in a house for two weeks and not to complain to go outside. Even though I feel like there's definitely architecture has its own part to do, but it's not realistic at the same time for someone to be locked in a house for for weeks uh, but there is definitely a possibility to to enhance this kind of like uh, design uh, experience and uh, how can we enhance this all of the intricate levels of uh, um, on a design scale of how can we communicate with people through our architecture and how can we create healthy spaces through architecture that's a very interesting way to look at it like i personally never looked at it that way and like now you listening to you explain i'm like that makes sense you know that that makes sense to have like open spaces you know more open houses and and i think like more all these modern houses that people are also creating also sort of emulate or will continue to emulate one question i have is like do you have a favorite like architecture piece that you're just like this is amazing. Like a skyscraper or like the Eiffel Tower or a certain building. Is there something that you're like, if I could create something, that's sort of the way I would create it? There's there's definitely a lot. Um, I think uh, there's there's a lot of interesting designers that I really like. Uh, Mies van der Rohe is one of them. He's he mainly designed uh, the Barcelona Pavilion. It's it's in one of my sketches. Um, I've, so I, it's there's there's a bunch of people. One of the ones that really stand out to me is uh, John Novell, and he only stood out 
to me because of that one building, uh, Louvre Museum in Abu Dhabi. And okay. this building just being in this space, uh, and it's hard for me to, to, there's a lot of other designers that I really liked, but it, it was hard for me to pin down because I haven't experienced this space in person. Hmm. So it's like, it looks good in the pictures, but I, it's hard for me to say this is my favorite. This one I can confidently say is my favorite, um, I wouldn't say my favorite designer, but favorite architecture piece is hmm. the uh, Louvre Museum in Abu Dhabi, just because of the way it's um, letting um, kind of, it's an outdoor and an indoor space at the same time. So it kind of addresses this like aspect. It's uh, the way it has like, so it has this huge shell dome and it filters light in it as if this, uh, the ceiling is raining light. And this is like the concept. So it has like this little holes. It lets the light in, uh, starts to give you this like really, really interesting experience that you wouldn't uh, feel in any other space. And then you walk in and all of a sudden you're looking over uh, the ocean from a building. It opens up and then you're looking over the ocean. Then you can sit down. Um, I don't know. For me, it's it's hard to explain it without seeing it. It yeah. sounds fr- pretty weird. Pretty weird. Then, like, oh, what, what do you mean by by it's raining light? This this is <laughs> this is not a thing. But uh, for me, it's uh, one of my absolute favorite uh, pieces of architecture of, or space. I would say uh, just the qualities it presents its, itself in and the openness of the space is uh, very special. I'm, and I'm looking... you could also find this one, yeah. I'm looking at a picture right now, and I, I can see what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, 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 this this is the one that I was uh, this is the one I'm discussing. Uh, it does not make sense while I'm explaining it, but it, I think um, it I, it, honestly, for me, too, it's not the museum. Like, couldn't care about like the museum pieces itself. It was just the building, uh, the main auditory, like the main space, or like the one that kind of kind of directs you like to the museum this is like the interesting space it's not the museum itself it's like the outdoor space that takes you into the the little rooms this is what's really stood out to me yeah this is this is cool this is really cool <laughs> uh, so so getting into a little bit more of your business side of things i know you created or you founded or created spaces and places right yes that's yeah. right yeah so uh Talk a little bit about that and how that started. Yeah, so that's uh, it's very interesting because I never planned to do anything like that. It just came all, you know, like um, everything happened on the spot. It started in, I think, in 2019. Um, I was at home with my brother. Uh, I was a little sick and couldn't find anything to do grabbed a pen and a paper, started drawing. At this time, I was in Dubai. So I was uh, in summer of 2019, I started drawing uh, the Bush Khalifa. First time, it looked really ugly. Ripped out the paper, mm-hmm. threw it. Drew it again, made sure this time I draw it better. And I was like, oh, this is very interesting. I like that. And that was like 2019. So I've been drawing for a long time, but for some reason, I haven't started drawing architecture until like this year. And I don't know why I did that, but I started drawing the Burj Khalifa. So I was like, wait, this looks really cool. So the next, uh, the next time I went to um, the Dubai mall or the Burj Khalifa, I took the drawing with me and then I just stood and like took the picture of the drawing 
uh, with the building behind it. And for me, this was really, I don't know, there was something very special about like seeing the actual st structure and the building and then seeing my, my drawing all like in one picture. Um, I thought this is, was a very special way for me personally to document, document my drawings, just to have the actual building that I do on my drawing side by side. And at this moment in this year, I had few more trips planned uh, to Europe in 2019. Uh, and for me, it was a question of how can I document, like I was going to travel to Rome and uh, Barcelona this, this year. So for me, it was a question, okay, how can I document my, my experience with architecture of this? These are cities that I'm gonna travel once and I can't guarantee that I'm gonna be back ever again. Mm -hmm. Definitely, we all go on trips, take our phones, take pictures, leave. We're driving, you're driving by, you go to Toronto, you drive by the CN Tower, pop up your phone, take a picture and leave. You never go back to Toronto, you forgot about this picture, you forgot that you saw the CN Tower or whatever. You find Google Photos in a year reminding you like, Hey, by the way, last year you were in Toronto and you took this picture and you're like, oh, this is interesting. And then you're like, okay, whatever. And then you just skip it. Mm -hmm. But for me, I didn't want to uh, just stop and I take a picture. I wanted for me, the, the those experience to, to frame in a more uh, precious way if I have another method of documenting them rather than just taking a picture. So for me, it was a matter of, okay, how can I document those spaces? So I was like, okay, I want to take advantage of that and draw every landmark that I'm going to see. And that way I'll never forget about those trips. I'll never forget about those memories. If I draw every little one, every place that I go to that I think it's special in my, in, in my perspective, I'm just going to draw it and document it. Mm -hmm. So I knew that I was going to, 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 um, to Europe. So I had this idea beforehand going to Europe. So I was like, okay, this is the plan. This is what I'm going to do. Mm -hmm. So I, I got this uh, sketchbook over here. So I started, this is my spaces and places sketchbook. So that's where I, ha I started. Once I had this idea, I went to the bookstore, got this sketchbook. And then um, I, this was my first um, drawing for the, the, the Burj Khalifa here. That was like the very first page. Wow. And then... <laughs> Yeah, and then during my trip and, and during my stay in Dubai, I started to draw more Dubai oh. uh, spaces. Oh. And then, so this this is the loop awesome. uh, drawing that I was thinking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and I really, I, I really, really enjoyed drawing uh, those those like spaces in Dubai. And I was like, okay, I definitely need to carry this over everywhere everywhere I go. And part of it also was going back to my point. I've been in Dubai. I've been in Dubai for many years. I saw those buildings every time I took a picture. And it for me, it was like, okay, I took pictures of Burj Khalifa like 30 times on my phone. What did I do with these pictures, right? It's the same picture over and over and over, but mm -hmm. there's nothing special about this picture. But I really never took the moment to just like pause, really appreciate like this, like appreciate the tallest building in the world and give it its time to draw it dig deep into it as i was saying study it and like give it its own precious time to 
to document as I, and as I'm doing that, I start to explore new things as I'm drawing the building. So same thing applied to every building that I do in Dubai, for example, even though I saw them multiple times, but uh, when I draw it, I'll learn new things about it as I draw. Um, so when I travel to Europe, I make sure every landmark or something that would stand out to me, I would uh, draw it in this sketchbook. And the goal is to really fill out this sketchbook with all of these like pages. And those pages would only be filled with memories and places that I've traveled to. It wouldn't be uh, random buildings that I haven't seen, but it's it's a very personal sketchbook that I would start to document. And the goal is to have multiple of these. The more I travel, the more I draw, the more I document memories and just like forget about the phone and taking pictures. So this is this is the this is how I thought about like spaces and places and how I want to see that uh, journey for me going. Uh, just uh, traveling and memories and architecture is my favorite, my three favorite things, and it's all combined in one, uh, one, one. Call it business page, whatever. Uh, business didn't come until later. It started as as an idea, mm-hmm. and and the, the business part came. F- afterwards and yeah and now, and now you sell these on your website as well right space or yeah right? yeah exactly and and that's yeah it's a form of revenue and income and like you know that's just something right. you love yeah. doing the selling part like didn't really come until um people actually requested it like yeah so people are actually what built spaces and places the the the, the business side or whatever or the prints or the cards mm-hmm. uh and that pe- people actually initiated that people would see the drawings i remember someone came and she saw the uh my legislative building drawing and she was like oh i really like this drawing and uh i would like to have it uh printed on a greeting card and that was like a very i was like interesting why would someone need that legislative building on a greeting card yeah. I was like, okay, like I'll I'll print uh, how many do you want? I like I'll print a couple for you, and then I was like, yeah. she's like, how much is it? I was like, is this amount? And I, I gave it to her, yeah. and she really liked it. And one other so I, I posted, I was like, I had I had to print like a minimum amount, so I had like extra. Mm-hmm. So I was like, hey everyone, if anyone wants this, I'm I'm selling those. And then I was I, like, surprisingly, I found interest from people that want a greening card of the legislative building. Like, and then I thought, say, who, it's like, it's, um, you know, Archdeep's birthday. Mm-hmm. I give him a greeting card with that just like, it, for me, it wasn't something that I would think of, but apparently that people have, people appreciate local mm-hmm. architecture and like Winnipeg architecture. And for some people, that's that's uh, a way that a Winnipegger would greet another one in a unique way. So, there was an interest in that. And then another person was like, okay, I want a greeting card to frame it. So, okay, like you don't need a greeting card, you need a print. Okay. So it's like, okay, I can make a bigger version of that for you. So it's not a greeting card, just a bigger size and it's a print. So that's how things started to kick off uh, for, for, for specific. It was more of like requests and uh, what people uh, need. And that's how I started to grow, like what kind of products that I would sell uh, some of them are green cards. Some of them are prints. Uh, some of them are now becoming uh, commissioned works. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so people really want, I know someone that came before and uh, asked me to, to draw the, you know, those, this BDI bridge. Yeah. So she wanted me to draw this bridge. So I was like, I don't have that, but I can draw it for you. So it's like, yeah, that would be really nice if you could draw the BDI bridge for me. Oh. I was like, interesting. What's what, what, what about the BDI bridge that you want to commission drawing for? <laughs> She's like, uh, and that's where, well, that's comes the idea of spaces and places. Um, she was, my husband proposed to me on this bridge. And for me, this is a very precious uh, or a very memorable space for me to to always remember and have it always like in our house because this is like where this journey started. Uh, and that's what where spaces and places would come in. There are places that we know that everyone knows about. For example, you know, you say Assiniboine Park, this is a, a place or this is, we, everyone have their own memories with famous places that everyone knows, but there are spaces that can become very personal that, some people might not relate to or value the memories that, uh, or not value the space because they don't have relevant memories with it, or it might not be a remarkable space. But if you start to have your own personal space, uh, like a, your bedroom, for example, this is a space that you would really value. But for example, for others, no one would matter, uh, would care as much about what your bedroom. Same thing with, with this lady, the bridge, uh, for her was was an experience and that's a space that where a memory started and you know a family was it was built from there uh, so I think this is uh, something interesting to think about what's the difference between a space and a place and how people create memories um, like you know a- anywhere can become very precious and valuable depending on the memories you built and building on the people you're with that that's amazing like having that (laughs) memorable look onto every space is definitely that's gonna change my perspective whenever i look at a space now so thank you so much for doing that um so what's up what's the future looking like for you in terms of architecture and in your master studies as well as spaces and places what what does the future look like in terms for you that for me i um for for architecture, I'm still studying. Got a long, a long way ahead of me. I got one, still one more year of studying, then just more work and to, to become licensed. So we're talking at least three, four more years. <laughs> uh, but for for my spaces and places, um, career and drawing, um, right now things are slowing down because of uh, school. But my goal, as I've mentioned, is try to document as much as I can uh, memories and spaces through drawing, uh, share those with people, uh, have, you know, postcards. Um, postcards are everywhere, but drawings are not everywhere. Uh, and I think this is something I really like sharing with people. If I can create just copies of these and like share with everyone, uh, you know, we see, we see, postcards of the human rights museum everywhere but we don't see that of drawings of that people that people have access to everywhere Mm -hmm. uh so if i can if i can spread that as as much as i can for you know winnipeggers or other cities that i can visit and start to replicate that my goal would be to 
draw as much as I can and spread uh, those drawings as much as I can and share with people. And I would be more than happy to, you know, to, to replicate those memories uh, or special places for people if they want. And I think that's something that uh, brings a lot of joy to my heart to, to kind of see someone having this piece of a place that they have a lot of memories with just framed and look at and just enjoy. This yeah. is something that I really admire and I, I hope that's uh, that's something that I, I can build upon and just spread as much as I can. Mm-hmm. And and one I think we're almost done, but um is there any any tips that you would like to give to somebody who's either thinking about going into architecture or someone who just in like a young person who just enjoys like drawing and any tips or advice that you would give them throughout their life and what would help them? Definitely. I would say, you know, stay motivated. Uh, you're going to fail. No, I believe no one learns without failing. And, but I think failing is the, the first step to learn and, uh, stay motivated and if you want for me the way of staying motivated to look up to people that are successful in this area uh, learn from them talk to them uh, I, I still talk to a lot of people and learn about like drawing and like from my education and career perspective about architecture and if you're surrounded you're surrounding yourself with as much people as those in your life and you start to see okay there's there's someone that you can learn from and look forward to 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 learn from and like be like i think this is something that keeps pushing you away for me i follow hundreds of artists on instagram that pretty much do something similar to what i do and once i keep scrolling and this like fills my eyes on instagram throughout the day i get motivated i get excited to create more or to do more uh, and i think this this should be uh, something that should be motivating enough for everyone to, to just to keep pushing them to do what they want, to keep motivating them uh, and to remind them that these people are still doing what the same thing you're doing and you can create like them and you can do even better and better and better. So if you're on Instagram, just, I think this is the best way for you to, to keep yourself motivated. You know, it's filled with pictures, music, a lot of talented people are on social media. Just surround yourself with this on, on your phone. And I think this should be enough for you to, to, to motivate you as long as you put the effort in and practice and just keep trying and failing and trying and failing until you achieve what you want. And, and on that note, I think this is a great way to end off the podcast. I know it's getting late for you in Dubai as well, so we'll, we'll cut it short. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast and sharing the amazing stories with us. If you haven't already, make sure to check out Shahir. We'll tag everything in the bio. Um, and make sure to check out this uh, new episode every Tuesdays. And as well as tune in to live on UMFM radio station at 101.5 FM. And until next time, peace.